listening to the Totally Over Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reese. Taking strong growls. Can we call this the puckered bundle area? Who cares? Good thing Mark Henry made a good promo about doing nothing. And Joe Ferreira. Somebody's gotta be up this jobbers, baby. Welcome everyone to episode 64 of the Totally Over Podcast. It's February 10th, 2018. We are bringing you Raw, SmackDown Live, 205 Live, and NXT updates. Uh, we're leading into, what, Fastlane and... Or are we a couple weeks from Fastlane and Elimination Chamber? Yes. Which, so one, which one comes first? Fastlane. I don't know. Well, it looks like Elim- Elimination Chamber is okay. probably first. Now, of course, I haven't looked at the dates, but Elimination Chamber is Raw. And uh, Fastlane will be for SmackDown's review. But it just seems like the uh, card is shaping up quicker for um, Elimination Chamber, so I'm assuming Elimination Chamber will be coming out first. Okay. We'll have to check into that and see, what it, see what's going up on. So, uh, speaking of Elimination Chamber, Raw opens up with an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. You had Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns hit the spear for the win, and Bray Wyatt. Is uh Bray Wyatt will stay back with the, with the mid card crowd. Yeah, and feuding with Matt Ho- Hardy. Hopefully, honestly, like. Well, he is he in the second chance match on Monday. For what? For what? For the elimination chamber. Oh, he's in the second chance. Is he in the second chance match on Monday? I think he is. I don't. I don't. I don't think know. it's him. Matt Hardy, uh, Apollo Cruz, and Finn Balor. Oh, okay, and that's and Finn f- Balor is obviously the clear winner. Or yeah, clear favorite. And in that's this for match. the and that's for the final spot, right? Yeah, it's the second chance match. They've been talking about like all week so yeah i totally missed thanks it. dog for smacking into the one thing you're not supposed to smack into the basement go ahead and edit yeah. that out <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not i'm not i'm just gonna leave it in fine look at this <laughs> dog just frolic over here dumb dog Great. Anyway, um so you had finn Balor and carl anderson versus the revival interesting to me that um finn Balor's doing the free bird thing with um the yeah. club i didn't think that was gonna happen i didn't think it was either but um yeah is it so is it a staple where you know he probably would be a tag team participant if they had the titles it's true. It- that's the way i would interpret it but i mean this could have been a one-off thing but yeah that- i i hope it's more of a one-off thing i i kind of like the idea of gals and anderson being their own tag team yeah me because too. It, it it seemed like there was a thing with um with gallows and like he was like no nah, don't worry i got this one you know what i mean i think I, I'm, I'm thinking it's just a one-off thing i hope yeah i mean i i just really like to see tag team guys like stay a tag team because to me yeah. you know like Finn Balor doesn't need to be the tag team Finn Balor to me stands out as a singles wrestler yeah now granted you know we've seen all these mixed matches you know like the bar was a mixed match of singles wrestlers and it ended up being a you know a, a fantastic tag team yeah I mean co- same I mean, thing the with the New with, Day. Same, well same thing with the um Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins they yeah. just smashed that together and made it like this kind of makeshift tag team mm. champions so but um, they so a kind of a update on Jason Jordan. Um, apparent, apparently on Twitter, I think it was his his wife said it wasn't as bad as everyone thinks it is. Okay. So um, he's getting more testing done, but he's be, he's basically just gonna have a bunch of limited roles on TV, or if he is on TV at all. Well, that's cool. I mean, you know that the tag team thing's pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, I just really hope that you know this isn't like this is this will be an end to a pretty you know a pretty a pretty good pretty pretty good career that can you know be had still yeah like all right 
he's not ha- he doesn't have the best to work with because he's been put into a ton of storylines so far that are just kind of like okay not only is it unpredictable but it's, unre- it, it's, it's, it's it, like you're asking me a lot to just to yeah to go ahead just and just be yeah. like hey by the way that now I have to go ahead and believe this like I'll play along but come on yeah. try harder I mean just he's young he's very athletic and he's a good in ring performer he has yeah. some stuff to work on but yeah I don't I don't. Neck injuries is nothing to joke about, especially in the WWE. It's just the history. It's just nothing to, you know. They're gonna they're gonna cross every T and dot every I before they're yeah, gonna I mean, let him do anything. The fact that there was rumors out there that he wasn't being able to feel down his arm it was just kind of like okay, well that's scary. That's yeah, that's it's terrifying. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how old he is, but I mean, young, he can't be that old. Younger, younger than me, I think. Is he younger than yeah. you? Yeah, that makes me feel bad. So yeah, <laughs> yet uh. First cruiserweight match of the night, yeah, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. Uh, Cedric hits the lumbar check on Gulak for the pin. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty decent match. I mean, nothing really stand out in my opinion. I don't know how you felt about it. I mean, you know, I I always like um, watching the guys from 205 Live uh, wrestle. The one thing that really stuck out to me here is that Gulak was literally beating down Tony Nese like. Mm-hmm. Three or four weeks ago, when Enzo was still a thing. Oh yeah, and now they're back to you know being a tag team like they should be because they were in the Indies. They were kind of affiliated, you know, with each other in the Indies. So if you use them like you know Tony Indies has Gulags back and the other, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But clearly they're not sticking around with that direction either because later on two hundred five live they're actually facing each other next week for that in, in that tournament. Yeah, uh, Tony Indies and Drew Gulak. But um yeah, as far as Cedric Alexander Mustafa Ali getting the win, it's it's pretty much automatic at this point. Mm-hmm. Like with with those two, um, I feel like the two hundred five live uh, crowd and roster are going to heavily invest into those guys. Yeah, um, since they don't really kind of have to re- rely on any of the uh, main roster guys. Yeah, you know. Do you think there's any point where they're going to strip the two hundred five live part off of Raw? And make it standalone, like completely, or do you think? Because I've noticed they went from two matches a night to one. I think that will vary. Okay. Because some things um, that were they were working around with the elimination. Because two or five live this week didn't have like any. There was like two matches. Yeah, well, that's how it's going to be for a while with the tournament being yeah. the way that it is. Um, but I think it would be cool to have some of those tournament match tournament matches on um on Raw. You think so? Like I would like it. I mean, make the cruiserweight um, matches on Raw worth something. Yeah, and maybe that will translate to people wanting to watch the other matches that are worth something on Two Hundred Five Live. That'd be smart. I mean, that's the whole point of them being on Raw in the first place, right? I mean, they 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 do a good job showcasing their stars on mm-hmm. Raw, but you're also kind of sitting there going, okay, but the Two Hundred Five Live show has had extremely better matches as far as the cruiserweight uh, wrestlers are concerned yeah. because they get more time it's yeah. absolutely true mm-hmm. but so you know maybe give them more time maybe make the match worth something on raw to bring someone in you know like it's kind of like the same premise like hey you know should we have a one like i mean this is just a completely hypothetical i mean this is this will probably never happen but sure well you know as far as like smackdown okay well do you have one match on the internet for like nxt guys like if you want people to watch nxt more then make it worth something on like a mainstream show but people should be watching nxt and 205 live as it is those are some of the best two hours of wwe's wrestling yeah putting out especially on nxt you could make an argument that 205 live i, I don't think 205 live <coughs> is the same caliber nxt is but it's definitely like definitely worth it there's some nights some nights that are really really 
aren't really too much watching. You can watch your uh, two five live update from last week. I mean, yeah, I mean my uh, <laughs> so my two five live update. I like to run through them and all, but uh, that two five live uh, show last week was actually a really good show. Um, the right. one, I mean, the ones that I didn't enjoy was really Enzo's long run because I could never actually get just, behind him. Yeah, I could never actually believe like, all right, yeah, Enzo is a pro wrestler. Fine, this is a you know predetermined and booked. Yeah, fine. But when you're watching a show, I want you to make me believe that this guy can actually beat this guy in yeah. a wrestling match. Not once did I believe Enzo is going to beat, beat Neville anybody. or beat <laughs> Cedric Alexander or beat Kalisto. Yeah. It was always like by hook or by crook, of course, which is kind of like his character. So you can kind of you know sit back and say, okay, I do believe that part. But as soon as his knee gave out, you know, when Cedric Alexander went over the ropes, I was just like, that's exactly kind of yep. what I was sort of expecting to happen over time. Yeah. But, I mean, at, like I said, in terms of the excitement at 205 Live, the tournament's a big deal. I think yes. that's going to incorporate a lot. We're going to be covering the entirety of the tournament right here on the podcast. So, it's going to, I mean, I think this will breathe a nice bit of fresh air and remind a lot of people the extreme amounts of great talent there is on that show. Because, I, you know, it's been... I don't know how long. I mean, has it been close to a year since the original Cruiserweight tournament? It's been close. I mean, it's it's been a good time since the... I think it's been a little over a year. Has it been a little over Maybe, a year? Has it? I, I, I'm terrible with time judgment. Dude, it seems like it's, it's... I can look it up. I look it up. You go go ahead and look it up. I think it's been over a year. Okay. That's going to be my uh, my just my estimate on that. Exactly. But, um, I mean, I, while you're looking that up, let's go over to the next match. Yeah, Asuka versus Bailey. Um, Asuka... Uh, puts Bailey in the armbar for the win. The Bailey needs Bailey needs to be put in this situation a lot more. I like. I remember. I remember watching Raw and go and saying to myself, her exchange with Sasha Banks backstage when Bailey actually got the opportunity to show a little personality. I'm like, there's there's that fire, there's that competitive fire that any person needs on a like as as a as, as a uh, trait for I mean, their character it, even where her backstage setting with sasha where she's just like well you think you can beat her and i know i can beat you like she that needs good. she needs more of that right that to, was good yeah she and she had a good that. you know factual information to go off of. it wasn't just like well anything you can do i can do better with no evidence like it's true we all saw the nxt yeah so yeah i that mean worked. i see bailey basically at this point I don't, I don't, I don't see Bailey becoming like the like one of the main event players on Raw as far as the women's division is concerned. I would say if there are four wrestlers like stacked rank, that Bailey will probably be the fourth contender. Like, like as of right now, yeah. Like I'm looking at Oscar being number one contender, uh, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, maybe Bailey. Yeah. And I mean, I might be missing somebody in there. Might might even be you can Mickey, say Mickey James. James yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the Cruiserweight Classic was July thirteenth, so two thousand sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. So we're 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 close to a year. We're we're a few months away from a year, but it's been less. Wait, than wait. A year. If it's July sixteenth of two thousand sixteen when the Cruiserweight Cruiserweight Classic was, we're in two thousand eighteen. So it's been over a year. Oh yeah, you're. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like two thousand sixteen was last year. Time time <laughs> has just been when this podcast is the way this podcast goes. Time is just irrelevant. Yeah, I mean it's June. It'll be two years on the podcast. Oh it's God. only a few months out. It doesn't feel right. Like yeah, here we right. are with sixty four episodes, but I mean at the time. So clearly we've we've taken time off in between, but mm-hmm. at the same time we've been hanging in there. We're back. Yeah, you know. So so you got a. Uh, Let's see. We got um, the Elimination Chamber qualifying match, the Miz versus Apollo Cruz. I didn't think 
I didn't think at any point Apollo Crews was going to win this one. I don't know how you thought about that. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that The Miz is a champion going into Elimination Chamber. I never like that. No, I never like. I'd rather have Apollo Crews go to that spot, but I wasn't taking Apollo Crews seriously. I just never like when there's an opportunity that a mid card champion can can also be the main event, like not main event uh, champion, but like contend for the main event title yeah. in this case. Because then to me that just kind of makes it weak. It's like okay, you're clearly not going to put the title on two titles on this guy unless you were talking like Seth Rollins in one year which was still a awful U- U- United States champion because this, he never defended that title and what this tells me is that the Intercontinental Championship isn't going to be defended at Elimination Chamber and that sucks that, because that's what I'm saying that's, that's, a, that's just a big opportunity I mean it's a, a exclusive Raw pay-per-view and now you're going to shun out one of your only titles because actually that'll make the tag team titles be the only title that's on there except the uh, Women's Elimination Chamber I just think that you know when it, when it comes to um, the titles that are in the mid card, mm-hmm. I think those titles are probably the the more exciting ones um, because you get you don't really know who's going to be the opponent. I mean, really, there's it, a short list of who's going to be going out for the U.S. title or not the U.S. title uh, the for, the, for the Universal title and the WWE title. But it's only going to be that way until Brock Lesnar's gone. Because AJ Styles, you could say, okay, there's only a limited amount of people that are contenders for the AJ Styles, but not like because of physicality reasons. It's because of just just booking. You know what I mean? Like you could turn around and and have anybody on SmackDown and give it give it like a couple weeks of booking, and they're they're right there facing yeah. AJ Styles, and it, it would be a good match. But on on Raw, I mean, you you literally are recycling the same three people because we all knew Kane was pin bait. Yep. Like. It's nice to have Kane be relevant for a little bit. It, just like how it would be nice to have Big Show be relevant for yeah. a little bit, or Mark Henry be relevant. Like if they are all relevant for a little bit, that's fine. They're they're, they're pin bait at most. You know they're going, especially in a triple threat. Yes. So th- what what we mean by the same three people is it's going to be Roman Reigns, it's going to be Braun Strowman, and it's going to be Brock Lesnar until Brock Lesnar drops off. That's who it's going to be. And then I mean you could and it's and honestly I would love I mean somehow I look. Gonna, Elias is going to be a star. Elias Samson. On Raw. I feel like Elias Samson could beat Braun Strowman. And I know it sounds like out there, but Elias Samson's smart. Braun Strowman's also smart. But like you can always do the, I'm going to outlast you because you're a bigger guy. We've seen Braun Strowman get beat by other people. We've seen him get like manhandled. We've seen it happen. Elias Samson, I mean, he stole the pin on John Cena, but like he had some good spots in the triple threat match. That happened on Raw. I mean, it, it, like it, it, it's it's not beyond believability that he would beat him, and and just like I said, it's just a booking thing. It's just it's just Brock Lesnar not being on Raw that just kind of tarnishes that Universal Title. It just kind of like breaks any because because now you got not only do you have to raise a superstar up, you have to raise him up and put a main event on the big four pay per views because that's pretty much all he shows up to now, and that's the end of it. It's it's kind of pathetic in my opinion. And to me, you have guys that are sitting in there in the uh, main car- or mid- middle card of mm-hmm. the Raw, like even Matt Hardy or Bray Wyatt, and you're sitting there going, "There's not, there's not any weird sort of like place where Bray Wyatt couldn't beat Brock. I mean, he will never be booked to do so. He hasn't won a rivalry since the dawn of time. Yeah, but in Bray Wyatt's a guy." if booked correctly, is a believable contender. Yeah. Same way that Finn Balor would be. 
Finn, Finn Bauer, if if booked correctly, is a believable contender. Like it's, I would I would say that if you were to put Finn Balor in a feud leading to WrestleMania, whatever whatever pay per view in Elimination Chamber, if Brock was there, mm. um, say let's say Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar just one on one. To me, that's the match where it's like, all right, this is kind of like how Guerrero won. Yeah, you know, I mean, just all right, Goldberg, you want to use that spot when he went ahead and speared Lesnar and Guerrero won. Okay, insert the club and magic killer. Yeah. Like, there it is. Yep. And you literally have, you know, ba- Balor Worldwide going into WrestleMania. To me, that's a better story because I'm, Anything, I'm, I'm basically tired of Lesnar. That's what it is. We're all biased because we're just tired of Lesnar. But, um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, the Miz um, gets, goes ahead and gets the win on Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... So you had, uh, after that, going yep. to the uh, Raw Tag Team title match, you had uh, Roman Reigns filled in for Jason Jordan after he already beat Bray Wyatt earlier in the night. So as we mentioned, uh, Jason Jordan claimed that he has a, a neck injury and he wasn't clear to compete that night. So, uh, you know, Seth Rollins is kind of pissed off from backstage <laughs> talking to Kurt Angle and uh, Seth, uh, Roman Reigns comes in and steps in. So um, I, I, th- like, I, I would be okay with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins being tag team champions. Like I would be okay with that happening. I'm I would be absolutely fine with that happening. But part of me, like when Jason Jordan came out in that match and was just like standing oh, by and, and playing cheerleader, he's gonna ruin it. I, yeah, well, I mean, obviously I knew he was gonna ruin okay. it, but there was a part of me that was really, really hoping, like you know, on the low that the WWE is just doing a good job of working the audience, and maybe Jason Jordan is just not injured. Oh, like he's just gonna. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe maybe you're just sitting out like I don't want to do it anymore. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's that would be a perfect little you know storyline for Jason Jordan right now. And if he if he was working the crowd, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and call an injury that that's legit or or not. You know, yeah, something yeah. that it is or isn't. So, but yeah, like um, that would be perfect. Like if that was exactly what there was going on. So <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of really hope that's all that's going on is that they're working the crowd. Yeah, so on the side of the ring, Jason Jordan is, uh, of course, sitting at being cheerleader and everything. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins are like, oh, what are you guys doing? The bar jumped out of the ring, and you know we're, we're going to be counted out pretty much. And Jason Jordan goes up and then and hits Cesaro. At Cesaro, like hit him, and then the ref calls for the bell. So that was uh, so their bar got um, the bar. Sorry, win, the bar wins the bar by disqualification. Wins by disqualification. Yeah. So that that was kind of and and Kurt Angle mentioned earlier that this is the last time. You're gonna see Seth Rollins and and whoever face against the bar like that's the end of it. So, so do you think that uh, you think that Jason Jordan is? I mean, if he's cleared to wrestle, is going to end up doing feud. a little thing with Seth Rollins? I think he could feud with Seth Rollins. He could easily have him come out and say, "Hey, I wasn't injured at all. You know, I just wanted to see you. You know, blah blah blah. Like like I could see him. You could easily twist it. Uh, Everyone's yeah. ex- everyone can see that the a heel turn is coming at some point. And he's playing it, and he's playing the role pretty smart. Like when he's just kind of like you know backing out things so subtly, and then there's like that kind of like, but I'm gonna go out there and cheer for you. And then there's a kind of like, oh man, like he, man, like I did it? Oh, I ruined it. Like I ruined it. But there's kind of like this, like when he gets out of something immediately, there's like this kind of smirk, like I got away with something. Yeah. Like he, you can tell there's something fishy about it, regardless of his actions and the way they tell things throughout the night. The one little smirk at the beginning of his plan is just kind of like, all right, that tells us not. Yeah, get it. Yeah, Nia Jax versus Enhancement Talent, Vanessa Lloyd. And uh, this is a pretty quick win for Nia Jax with the leg drop. Uh, you had Sonya Deville versus Mickey James. And uh, Mickey James 
rolled up Sonya Deville out of nowhere. And then post-match, what the interesting part was, um, yeah, Mickey James looks like she's going to get her butt whooped by everybody. And then uh, Alexa Bliss comes out and saves her. So that's a really interesting dynamic. I didn't up. think that you would see the champion save basically anybody. Like, I mean, it's you're the champion going to your elimination chamber match, yeah. and where you have to defend the title, not Lesnar. Yep. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be saving anybody. I would sit there with my title, going, "Yeah, do what you want to do to her. It's going to be easier for me." It's interesting. I mean, because you got Mickey James when she made her debut in WWE, she was helping Alexa Bliss with a right. lot of Luchadora stuff. Right. So it's really it's interesting. It's coming full circle. It is coming yeah. full circle. It's kind of interesting. And that was on SmackDown too, so it was a totally different brand at that point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the triple threat with John Cena versus Elias versus Braun Strowman, and the winner of this match is determined to be the number six chamber spot, so the last chamber that will open in the Elimination Chamber. Really cool if they had this match. Um, I kind of wish that they had like like a... A six-man battle royal to like determine who's the, what the order is. You know, if you're going to go all in, because that'd be kind of cool, right? Um, but you had Elias stealing the pin on Cena, as we mentioned earlier. So he's going to be the last person to come on the chamber. Uh, interesting to see how that's going to go, because so far, who's in the Rumble? Elias is someone that I'm like, okay, you're you're probably not going to win the, the elimination chamber. I said the Rumble, but I'm at the yeah. elimination chamber. <laughs> we watched the Rumble right before we came on the podcast, but but um, but between Elias and the Miz. Um, I, I, those are the only people I could see not winning the Elimination Chamber. It would be interesting to, do, to see what they do with Elias as the number six uh, spot. I feel like him and Cena are going to be the reason that him and Cena don't win. And between the Miz and and whomever, Miz is going to do whatever he does. I don't, I don't know. So it's like, going to be interesting. So do you see uh, it being Braun, Braun winning, winning, winning the match? Because yeah, because in this match, I see Roman Reigns winning this match. Just because I'm tired, just because I'm, I'm, I've, I've been reading it for almost an entire year now. That's going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and I'm, I'm just going to let it happen. Because here's the thing, here's what I'm thinking of. Just like, just like any kind of like sports team, or whatever, or you're like you're looking for yada yada. Like I want Brock. My goal was to get Brock Lesnar stripped to the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, so but I'm the reason pick- why I'm watching wrestling versus watching the sports, like <laughs> I know, I know, versus I know. like the reason why. The Steelers fans were watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, is like, all right, I'm not into watch wrestling that's already predetermined and booked because <laughs> anybody but this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like anybody but the Patriots or vice versa, anybody but the Eagles, whoever you felt. I mean, yeah, I clearly the Eagles are Super Bowl champs. Just want to let you know. Yeah, but now I, I here's the thing: I, if Roman Reigns wins the title, you can set up for Ambrose to come back. You have you have like Roman Reigns is on every Monday night. So like him as a champion isn't terrible to me. Like it it, it isn't like it's not like I would rather right. like if if I had to pick anybody from the the elimination chamber to win, I would I would pick Braun Strowman. But I'd be so terrified that Braun Strowman's going to lose. If Roman Reigns wins the elimination chamber, he's winning at WrestleMania. It's almost guaranteed cuz Brock Lesnar's contract is up in like August. So you know he's going to get a SummerSlam out of it. Braun Strowman could lose and then we'd have to deal with Lesnar until SummerSlam. But I, I don't know. I mean, Braun Strowman could win the Elimination Chamber, and I'm going to be rooting for him all the way to WrestleMania, and I hope he wins. I hope Elias wins. I really do. I'm not going to lie. Elias I, will be will be a star in 2018, I period. Think if, if Elias finds a way to screw... Say, say we have the exact finish of this triple threat match happened in the Elimination Chamber. Elias could easily steal the pin on John Cena from somebody and eliminate John Cena, set up that feud, like that, it's already a proven that that's going to happen, have that match at WrestleMania, that'd be a great match at WrestleMania, 
and then have Braun Strowman either either Braun Strowman win or Roman Reigns win. And as you mentioned earlier, you have the um the 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 second chance match. So that's going to determine who's going to uh I gotta get the names of the people who are in that. Yeah, the match. second match, yeah, second do, chance do you know match. Every, yeah, it's, do you know every it's, people? Um, it's it's like Matt, it's, it's Matt Hardy, it's Bray Wyatt, everyone it's who's had Cruz, a match, right? It's Finn Balor. Everyone who lost, yeah, their four. If Finn Balor, for, uh, if, that triple threat. If Finn Balor's in it, do you think there's a, any chance that Finn Balor's going to win? I mean, full circle. He was the first Universal Champion, unfortunately injured. He's made his triumphant like back, longest running person in the Royal Rumble this year. Here's it what it tells say. a great story going into WrestleMania to face Brock Lesnar. If Finn Balor is the one who gets into this match and this is his second chance, that'll be that's a good story to tell. Like I think if there's any person like if Finn Balor wins a second chance match, my lock turns to Finn Balor. You like, think that's, so? my, that's my prediction. Okay. Not a lock. That's that's a that's a lock. A to prediction. Say. No, my prediction, yeah. Well, I mean it, it like you said, it tells a really, really good story. It's it's you know, it's it's always been an uphill battle story for Finn Balor because of Baylor for Finn Balor because of his injury. I've been saying Baylor, Baylor. ironically for so long Baylor. that now it wants to come out. <laughs> but um, Baylor it, Moon, it, 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 shut up. All right, <laughs> it's it's a good story to to go from this elimination chamber, have him win, and then him go to face Brock Lesnar. I don't know. It, it, it that would be pretty good. I would have now a fun I'm, time watching that, but as far now, now I'm romanticizing about it. But that's that that wraps up uh, the uh, Raw episode. God, gee, give me a break. Monday Night Raw. Thank you so much for episode 64. So, yeah, that so, wraps that one part up. So last, so last <laughs> is gonna be the last man, and then uh, after the match, Braun Strowman power slammed everybody. So twice, and that pretty much wraps up Raw. If you want to take us into SmackDown, go yeah, going right into SmackDown. Uh, the Riot Squad comes uh, is basically out there, and they call out. Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair comes on out, gets her match with uh, Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. and you know, come on, Charlotte Flair wins. Yeah, like let's be like honestly, <laughs> like no, Liv Morgan's come a far away from her time in NXT. Like it's almost kind of strange how like you saw her at NXT, and you were like, eh, like I was at least. I'm like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still eh, to be honest. Well, no, that well, not to be a Debbie Downer. Here's, the, here's the thing: when I see those three. And it's uh you know Ruby Riot when you see Sarah Logan or you see Liv Morgan I feel like Liv Morgan's the second best like R- Ruby Riot's the best out of those three I I feel like you you had Sarah Logan did not really look good live yeah. on when we went to the Royal Rumble no but I mean you had you had Paige with the NXT superstars and then it was like here we're gonna follow up okay here's another goth punk girl with with the the NXT superstars. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm past like you know. It, here's two stables that came into Raw and SmackDown. Like I felt that was going to happen re- either way. Yeah, I just I, I kind of feel like they're just picking up the weight for you know what I mean. Like her her in hit in match isn't really that impressive anyway. I mean, I look when she had that match against uh, Charlotte, she didn't. She looks like she improved almost like from when I saw her and and NXT. She was. It looks like she was getting, you know, her feet underneath of her. She looks like she was making, you know, good progress. Because mm-hmm. there were times where I watched her NXT and I was like, oh, no. Like, she probably <laughs> won't make the main roster. But she's got a long way from that. Well, yeah, exactly. Because now when I watch on SmackDown, I'm just like, yo, like, she can actually move in a ring. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not like, yo, like, Liv Morgan's the best I've ever seen. But it's, it's definitely, like, you're definitely not what I remember. Like, yeah. so that's all. Thumbs up material right there. I mean, like, if, if you have a little bit of improvement and then you have her face someone like Charlotte... It's it's uh, it's obviously going to be a big huge jump up, I and mean, then she's going to find a way to to make the whole dynamic of the match work really well. 
But you want to you want to uh, go ahead and talk about with our yeah, the favorites, bl- the Bludge Boys. Yeah, the Bludgies, the Bludge Buddies, the Bludge Brothers. So they had a uh, match against um two people that I don't have the names for, as always. Uh, and yeah, got, enhancement talent city for these guys. Yeah, so I, it, you know, hey, what are you going to do? You got you got you got a, a team like the Bludgy Brogans. You're gonna <laughs> the Bludgy Brogans. <laughs> you're gonna have it. You was that I mean? what was that like Renaissance name from them? <laughs> I don't know. You like that? What the hell was that? I don't know how to spell that. There's probably three silent H's in it. Can't wait. So yeah, the double three cru- silent H's. I like what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. We had the uh, double crucifix powerbomb for the win. <laughs> winners, the Bling Bling Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my favorite part about every week is watching them. I just love when you come up with the notes here. I just look down. I'm like, what did he call the, the Bludgeon Brothers this week? So Great. That, so, <laughs> so there's obviously a lot of um, tension going on between, between them just beating up enhancement talents and it seems like at the end of every single match the usos are are in some way getting involved in terms of getting in their face or coming out to the ring at the same time yeah do this you one see was when the usos cut a promo and then right they came out immediately afterwards mm-hmm. i kind of thought it was going to go down then yeah. but like it didn't at all you think these you think we're gonna see these two guys at uh fast lane i would, like, I would like to soon? i would like to uh you know the more the usos talk about how we need "Quote unquote," lock up every other tag team. Well, then you kind of get to the point. Okay, if that's what your promos are going to be, they're then where's, where's my investment into watching you beat these other teams again? Yeah, like that's. I think that's kind of what they're alluding to. Like, without specifically calling out the Bludgeon Brothers, they're saying, you know, look, we'll take we're putting this whole division on. Like, they're they're basically just making a really wide claim to the entire division. And obviously the Bludgeon Brothers are, you know, after, after the, all of these matches with Enhancement Talent, they're going to feel like they're the top dogs in the division right now. And yeah. really, honestly, I can't think of anybody else that deserves a spot more at this point. Like they're, they're putting a lot of time and effort into the Bludgeon Brothers. I'll say one other team that I think could sneak in an opportunity because it's, it's always that season where you're leading into WrestleMania and you're expecting something like kind of big mm-hmm. to happen. I would say the SmackDown after WrestleMania, if the Bludgeon Brothers haven't already went ahead and um, challenged the Usos, it's going to be the Authors of Pain. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would say. So, let's say you got Fastlane, Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Who are you going with? The Bludgeon Brothers at Fastlane. You're going for the Bludgeon Brothers. Because... Ballsy claim. Because here's the thing, the Usos probably would win it back... At Mania, you think so? Yeah. Okay. So I, that's what I, that's why I would imagine happening. Here's a like honestly, I love Luke Harper and Eric Rowan because of the work they did with the Wyatts. Yeah. But I don't see the WWE ever being invested in a team that's just like basically giant lumbering powerhouses. Yeah. And here and my and like. That's different from the 1990s and, you know, back when everybody was just, like, exactly that. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, okay, your tag team your, or your, your, the person that you ideally want to have be a champion needs to cut a good promo, needs to, you know, be captivating to the audiences that are live. The Usos yeah. are the best at doing that. And then a close second is always going to be the New Day. Or mm-hmm. you can flip-flop. Basically, whoever has the title at the time is really the, between the New Day and the Usos. The Bludgeon Brothers, I can never see an audience, you know, is getting way hype about the Bludgeon Brothers because their characters are quiet killers, basically. Yeah. Like, it's hard to do that. I think that, like, if, if they had a big, huge, clean sweep on someone as strong as a tag team as an Usos, as the Usos are, that would make a huge, bold statement for them. Because, I mean, right now they're beating down enhancement talents. 
I feel like you need to have one match against someone that's credible, but really wouldn't be destroyed by this happening. You know what I mean? Like, if you had, like, say the Bludger Brothers faced Brizongo, and everybody cheered on Brizongo, and then and then the Bludger Brothers tore them up. I was going to say the same thing, but with Rusev Day. Because yeah. Rusev Day is getting that organic, like, I know they're supposed to be healed, but now you're faced. Like, sorry, just like how Roman yeah, Reigns just, is supposed to be faced, exactly. now you're healed. So, so, I mean, if you have, if you have the... Um, Let's say you have them face Rusev Day. Rusev is a strong, huge powerhouse. That that's a big win right. over them. And and you know Rusev Day isn't going to be tag team champion, so it's not really going to hurt them that much to get stepped on on the way up to the top. And that's some, something that will make them really, really seem like credible people going into the Usos. You know what I mean? Like that. I think that okay, if you want to establish these guys as just the monster, you know, uh, heels against you know a good powerhouse kind of. You know, powerhouse and you know really with Aiden English his agility is like yeah. you know they're pretty good mix that and you're talking about teams with you know, a variety you're not talking about like oh yeah you know what Ascension they're big guys but they're also like guys that can't get a bio win right now you mm-hmm. know from by anybody yeah so anyway um, we had the WWE United States title uh, Rusev versus Bobby Roode Roode hits the glorious DDT for the pin honestly. It's a fantastic match. Great I match. didn't really care who won because I like both wrestlers Me a too. lot. But um, it would have been cool to see Rusev win. But Bobby, it would have been too early in Bobby Roode's reign. Yeah. So that's the only time where I'm like, okay, I'm fine with this. This is perfect. Honestly, uh, so far, like up to this point, that was my favorite match of the night so far. Okay. But um, then you had Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Versus, uh, the versus the Ascension. Shelton and Gable basically win this pretty easily. Just yeah. like kind of like kind of alluded to that whole conversation with the Bludgeon Brothers mm-hmm. and you know, the Ascension. Um, they aren't the team they were at NXT. Where they, where they looked promising. They looked fantastic. Yeah, I don't want to get into an Ascension rant. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. But the number one contenders match, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, not going to lie, kind of had this feeling last week that they were going to find a way to outsmart everybody. But um, because I kind of think that's exactly what it is. It's, you know... That, that, hey, let's get AJ Styles down that, down here and then egg him on as much as we can while we fight each other. That's what I think. It's it, it's um, <clears throat> everyone's obviously looking for um, like a Chris Jericho Kevin Owens split between these two individuals and, and like you know you knew there were going to be a time where the title is going to be a big huge match of contention in between them. So like, do they really burst their bubble on a SmackDown or like you know now that there's a no contest because AJ Styles you know ended up disqualifying both of them somehow. I don't know. He hit he hit Sami Zayn first. He hit so Sami Zayn first, technically, so Sami Zayn should have technically won. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, regardless, um, Daniel Bryan came out after the match and made it a triple threat match at Fastlane. So, like, the, you know for a fact that th- this is going to be the be-all, end-all for um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at Fastlane. Yeah, I mean, my we want to talk about a lock at at uh, Fastlane. AJ Styles winning. Gonna, AJ Styles winning, and they're yeah, like you said, there's, there's that split because that's going to be the program going into Mania. It's yeah. going to be Owens versus Zayn. Yeah, Owens Zayn would be a, a really good match going into Mania, big and time. And then whoever, because the way that they're booking this so far is whoever maybe wins that match at Mania could then maybe face the champion. Yeah, like where it's like okay, you know. Nakamura versus AJ. If AJ loses, then he gets his rematch, mm-hmm. and then after that, you will have the winner of Zayn and Owens pop in, and that that's your number one contender. Yeah, like that would make sense to me at least. Yeah, and everybody wants to see AJ Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania. 
They're not going to mess that up. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's go through 205 Live real quick. So you had Kalisto versus Lindsay Dorado. Lindsay Dorado basically always lands on his feet at all times. Every botch or every single thing that he does right is always on his feet. Yeah, he is a cat. That's his whole big gimmick, basically. And he lives it, you know, in real life. Uh, So, yeah, Kalisto gets the win. Um, Selena Del Sol. It was a very good match. Roger Strong versus Hideo Tommy. I definitely thought Hideo Tommy was going to get the wins since he's basically a 205, uh, 205 Live roster member exclusively, and yeah. Roderick Strong is kind of well, in it now. He's already getting this title match for the uh, UK Championship on NXT, and now yeah. he's advancing further into the Cruiserweight uh, tournament on 205 Live. I didn't see Roger Strong winning this match, but he did win this match, so you two winners on this show are Kalisto and Roderick Strong takes in the NXT. All right. So you have the NXT Tag Team Championship match, which is supposed to open this show. You had Undisputed Era versus Sanity. And uh, as Undisputed Era was coming out, Sanity attacks them from behind, and the match never gets started. Regal comes out and says, you know, look, this is going to be... This is going to be it tonight. This is going to be the main event match. You got a six-man tornado tag match for the main event. Wow, what a main event. We'll get I, to that. I couldn't wait. As soon as they said <laughs> that, I was just like fast-forward through the show. Uh, so I mean, it wasn't a bad no, show. No, it wasn't a bad show by any means. But, I was just really excited about that match. They had a tag team match. Heavy Machinery versus Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Uh, I enjoyed this little little small story that they tell every single time. You I know, with, with the... Uh, cracks in the, in the surface for uh, Sabatelli and Moss. Yeah. I really think that Sabatelli is going to be a good heel and Moss could be a good face. Like, mm-hmm. I really think they do have that uh, that polar opposite singles career in front of them. They just they- need to get a, uh, give them a lot more screen time, which is kind of tough. And I know, like, I, you say this about a lot of superstars, but NXT, like, has a really good way of giving them come to sign screen time. Because right now, you know, Sabatelli and Moss, I mean, like you said, the, the you know, line's starting to be drawn in the sand and everything, but you're you need to start giving them a lot more screen time because I always see them as just like, okay, here's the, like, you're maybe one click above a job or tag team for NXT at this point. Well, here's what I was thinking. You never when uh, Blake and Murphy on NXT, they were always holding the, they didn't hold the title for like forever with Alexa Bliss as their manager. Mm-hmm. Well, then you heard nothing from them since then. And they were basically irrelevant like every time since that. Yeah. I hope that this does not happen with Sabatelli and Moss. But it seems like they had a very short run with the um, the tag team. It seems like a lot of the crowd is getting behind Sabatelli because he just looks like the prototypical wrestler. Yeah. And then I really hope when they break up, it's just like, all right, Moss doesn't just get pushed aside because Moss is <laughs> he's pretty good. Moss is pretty good in that ring. I thought I thought all of those guys actually pulled their weight in that match. Like none of them were really sandbagging it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, heavy machinery. They are they are the most fun to watch. I love heavy machinery Dude, I, so much. I like I, like I would say shoot these guys to the NXT Championship match if 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 that you didn't have a uh, undisputed era and and um, authors of pain and insanity and that you know what I mean. Basically, like, if you didn't have like a bunch of good tag teams with depth already there, like insanely good depth. Like, like there's yeah. so much there's so much woven right now. Like it, it they're it, they're gonna have to break it up. During, Here's like, the thing: heavy machinery right now screams SmackDown Live because SmackDown Live seems to be a hub of like everybody gets an opportunity at some point or another. Yeah, but I feel like the, you got Rusev Day, Ascension, Brizango. Like you got enough people. I think heavy machinery would be a good fit on Raw. You don't have enough of that funny. Like, you know, funny, but like serious contenders on Raw anymore. It's kind of like they're all on SmackDown at this point. I just think those, those like Raw and SmackDown, they both have good, they would get lost in a the shuffle. They would, they, they would definitely, here's that. They're like, yeah. honestly, 
I want the best for a heavy machinery, but I feel like if they were on the main roster, it would get lost in the shuffle. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's now or later. The best, mach- the best, <laughs> the best place for them to be right now is NXT. Yeah, just so hands down, there's so. some people honestly where I do believe that NXT is their calling card, and for well, at these least for two teams, well, well, for a while it looks like it could be a few years even from now. Because I feel I feel like Cian Almas is that way, but you know after his nice you know NXT he title range at, at the Royal Rumble with Ro- the pops that they got, dude, they ro- put Cole on Raw, put or with ver- vice versa. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. Re- yeah, you know, and that, that's what it is. You see, you see the. Like a Royal Rumble is a good opportunity for a single superstar, but to incorporate a tag team is really. I just see, I've seen what SmackDown does to NXT tag teams, and I hope that's over. But I've just seen what happens to it, and Heavy Machinery I feel like won't work well if it's split up at all. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's like like I uh, we were saying, it doesn't really seem like everybody needs to go to the main roster. Yeah, no, I mean at least I mean at least not for these guys. These these guys are still relatively new in terms of like. You know the whole well, and everybody that's in there. That original draft when uh, SmackDown and Raw had their original draft, not that crappy shakeup. Yeah. But when the hype rose, went to SmackDown, I was like, that's really early. Yeah. Like you know, like that's kind of how I felt when American Alpha went to SmackDown. It was at the right time for them because of NXT, but yeah. they were not handled pr- appropriately on SmackDown. See if we if we have another draft after WrestleMania, which I gotta pray to God we do. Authors of Pain would be a really good sneak surprise get for, like, Raw, I think. And I also think that if some guys were called from SmackDown or Raw back to NXT, it's not in a demotion because NXT is the third brand where it's like, there you go. I want to see the indie wrestling. Like, I want to see the wrestling fans wrestling match. You know, even so, like, someone like Dolph Ziggler would flourish Perfect. in NXT. That's exactly what I mean. Like, someone who could put on a wrestling man's, a wrestling fans wrestling match. Yeah. Like, to me, like, Dolph Ziggler is fantastic with that. Like, I wouldn't necessarily care about seeing, you know, like, Titus Worldwide on NXT. No. Though, they can use the time Apollo Crews was getting over pretty well in NXT. And then they just used him too early. Yeah, that's one of the things that happened with that original draft. There were some mm-hmm. people who just didn't need to go up there that quick. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, a, a, a pretty quick win for Bianca Belair against Jessica Hill in a singles match. This match, there's not really much to talk about at all. <laughs> um, yet uh, the main event, which was the six-man tournament tag team match between Undisputed Era and Sandy, this was an insane match. Insane match. But uh, Killian Dane gets the uh, pin on uh, on um, Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby Fish. See, after laying everybody else out, I mean, Killian Dane played a big role at the very end there. Yeah, Killian Dane basically fought off all the undisputed era. Yeah, they get that pin. He earned that pin. So yeah, um, this this whole thing with Sandy is going to be a lot of fun. Seeing what happens with uh, that rivalry, like we already kind of saw, you know, everything work through with Aleister Black and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. So is this rivalry now going to be Eric Young and uh, Alexander Wolf versus? Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and then maybe Adam Cole versus Dane. Like, is that how that breaks down? There's usually a weird dynamic where there is a singles wrestler and there is a tag team. I always want the singles wrestler to be Cole versus Young. That's that's the way I feel. I feel like if you feel the singles wrestler from there, it could be um, it, it it would have to be Eric Young for me. But it, at the same time, Killian Dane has gotten so much notoriety in that tag team. I mean, it, Killian it could Dane, be Killian Dane. I originally know Killian Dane as a singles wrestler when he was Big Demo for What Culture Pro Wrestling short mm-hmm. run. I mean, now they're defiant wrestling. Yeah. But um, when did they change that? Basically, so What Culture, their whole like 
the main narr- narrators for like the, or the main the main people who basically ran what culture when what culture pro wrestling mm-hmm. um was going on pretty you know pretty smoothly on YouTube yeah I think uh, the one dude Adam Blompier caught a lot of like bad attention on like YouTube or whatever it was I think I I don't I don't really know what the details were but he basically dropped off and then the rest of the guys who were affiliated with what culture wrestling at the time just kind of dropped off and they started their own channel somewhere else. And it's literally all the same guys except for Blompied. He's excluded. Yeah. So, but, but really at the end, it was really those five guys with Blompied who were running what culture pro wrestling. So now instead of that, it's, um, Wade Barrett runs defiant wrestling. So they started working with like a lot of good talent. Wade Barrett's there. Um, and I think uh, he was working with the What Culture guys as a wrestler when he first left the WWE. Yeah. And uh, he's now taking over the reins there. And Austin Aries is currently like a multi-champion there. And we're talking about Wade Barrett and Austin Aries. I did read an article that said that um, apparently Neville is open for coming back into the WWE. Good. Grand. Is, make it happen. Which is very interesting. Cons- make the winner of this tournament at that it gets their shot at WrestleMania also insert Neville. Yeah. If you want him on 205 Live still. I don't want him on 205 Live. I know that we don't, but I know, they I know, might. I you. I, it, honestly, it would be good for 205 Live to have Neville back as champion. It would be. I mean, just, that, that was like, the you know, I, I hate to say the golden age for 205 Live, but that, that was like... It really was. That golden. was the two... When it comes to... Neville and Aries was... That's your the top. silver lining. Yeah. And, yeah. and Aries never got it. So it's, it's just your, you know, I don't know. It hurts. Like when I sit there and I look at 205 Live and I'm like, oh, really? I have to watch this at the helm of Enzo versus, you know, not having Austin Aries there, not having Neville there. I'm sitting there going to myself, the guy can talk anybody into a seat. Yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. He's marketable. But at the same time, he's eventually he's got to do what he's there to do, and that's wrestle. Yeah. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can be entertaining. I can, you know, go in there and talk in a microphone. And when that works, it's fantastic. I'm sure it is. But when, you know, then you're necking on the rope when you get thrown out of the ring, mm-hmm. you know, or when you're taking a bump wrong because you weren't basically, you know, sound enough to go ahead and, you know, catch a guy who's doing a uh, over-the-rope plancha to the outside. Yeah. You're kind of you're sitting there going like, this is – you, you – put all of your eggs in one basket here. Oh, yeah. Cedric Alexander's push has been stopped at least four times because it's all been Enzo's lost his voice. Enzo's, you know, hurt his ankle. It's all been, like, Enzo is the worst thing that's ever happened in Cedric Alexander's career. It really <laughs> yeah. is. It really is. It sucks. So, it, I mean, I would, what I would give right now to see Cedric Alexander versus Neville, I mean, that would be a fantastic match. I think everybody is being robbed of a fantastic match, but we just want to go ahead and put the money like to me I, I would be the guy sitting there going like you are guys are so interested in putting money up you know into into a guy that can talk people into a room yeah but you're, you're also talking all these people into a room to see a wrestling product that's not there yeah like that's 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 the point yeah i don't know i, so, I mean with, with it's, i mean with roger strong possibly coming in and hideo Tommy and everything you do have a flourish of great talent that's coming into 205 live and you, you got cedric alexander tony knees Drew Gulag, you, you have a lot of Mustafa Ali. These are all guys that could easily become cruiserweight champion and and be a justified, legitimate champion. So I think and the the guys with NXT kind of being you know woven in with the uh, guys on Two Hundred Five Live is pretty cool. Um, I would like to see like Raul Mendoza 
that's the guy that's on NXT every, every he would serve better on 205 Live. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that if you're going to go ahead and put, you know, Roderick Strong there, you can go ahead and put all these other guys, you know, that are 205 or yeah, well, that, under there I, as well. The thing, too, is the, um, like, the, for example, the, the United Kingdom Championship. That, that, that one's kind of like, it kind of intermixes with NXT at times. And I feel like if 205 Live and NXT kind of weave in, and then you have like 205 Live and SmackDown, and then like 205 Live matches are on Raw, 205 Live gets a taste of every superstar in every segment. And it kind of branches out the possibilities. Instead of making these wrestlers feel like, oh, I'm on 25 Live. I'm going to be booked into a box. You know what I mean? It gives them an opportunity to move out and do other things. And that that's a lot more interesting, at least for me as a consumer, to go in and watch these possibilities instead of like, okay, well, you know, here's your list of, you know, 20 people on the roster. Here's the 12 that get attention every week. And then that's pretty much all you're looking at. I just, I just kind of always think back to, you know, Hey, if the WWE took the Cruiserweight wrestling seriously in 2002, man, oh man, the roster that you would have now just for the company, not just for a Cruiserweight wrestling, but for the company in general, yeah. you would have, you would have basically like, you would have like some guys, like I know Christopher Daniels said that the WWE didn't want them, didn't want to hire him, but you could have Christopher Daniels, like basically every Ring of Honor guy yeah. that you were like, hey, could've he's incredible, in could have been just walking in to the main roster. Yeah. And the thing too, I still feel like that the cruiserweight should be a division within the division. I, I don't. I still feel like two hundred five live shouldn't be a thing, and that's just just from me growing up as a wrestling fan. The cruiserweight title has always been there, and I've seen guys like Rey Mysterio win the title, like the main world heavyweight title. I've seen him win Royal Rumbles. Like that, like it, it, you shouldn't be saying, okay, well your weight's gonna draw you back to an excuse as to why you can't win. And I mean, it's just like, I mean, I think Neville should be a guy that. All right, like we always talk about this block with um, Lesnar. Like, if he wasn't on Raw, like, who would you, you know, put there in there as champion? I don't think it's outside of the realm of uh, possibility that Neville couldn't be a good Universal Champion because look at the matches that he put on with Jericho. Like when he finished that match with the broken foot oh, yeah. against Jericho. Jericho is a multi-time World Champion. Did you imagine a Universal Title match between Finn Balor and I'm still doing it. Finn, Finn Balor <laughs> between Finn Balor and uh, Neville. Be fantastic! Imagine how amazing of a match, how much of an amazing WrestleMania match that would be. It would be stellar. You, you would you, take your breath away. It, you would sit there with your jaw dropped because you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to understand that. Oh, just to, like let's let's say that this you know isn't the WrestleMania coming up. Let's say that no for this for this argument that the the WrestleMania that follows this upcoming one, you're going to have Finn Balor versus Neville with Finn Balor defending against Neville. Yeah. Okay. If that happened, all you would have to do is look back a year prior and be like, hey, a year prior, we didn't even see this title on TV, and it was Brock Lesnar versus the same two dudes. Yeah. Like, granted, I am so entertained all, all the time by Braun Strowman, but it, it kind of, I mean, is there not a lockdown between who can be even there or not? Yeah, there is kind of a lockdown. Yeah. I don't know, but, I mean, hey, it, all, all there is is just to watch. I mean, we got to see what they got for us because, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, even though I predicted it, I was surprised that the Royal Rumble actually went the way it did. Oh, it was um, fantastic! That whole that whole show was darn good. Like that, except Rumble, the triple threat match. That's the only thing I would argue wasn't good. Did you watch all of it on the network? Yeah. Okay, so see, it translates a little different on the network. Like there even was the Royal Rumble was pretty darn good on, on you know if you're just sitting there watching the show. Yeah. Um, 
I heard a lot of people were complaining about Stephanie on the microphone. So I, I heard a lot of people that were. I, I I felt like the the general consensus was positive. You're always okay. you're, you're always going to have people complain and everything, but there wasn't as much of like, you know, like the the um, the stoic kind of uh, you know, I, I'm I'm the head of the female division, Stephanie McMahon, that people were expecting on the mic. There wasn't that much of it on there, um, but it's just. I don't. In my opinion, I feel like it wasn't as bad as I thought. When I first saw that, it was like it made me cringe because that's all I could think about. But honestly, she just went up there and just hit the spot. I'm not gonna say she did an amazing job, but it wasn't near as bad as like you would expect it. Oh, she stepped up to the plate and filled in her role basically. Yeah. So it was. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah, I guess. But I um, I feel like there wasn't really a plate to step up to. She kind of like tossed that plate down. But I, you know, I don't know. She 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 is obviously shoehorning herself. In this women division thing, which is why I, I would hey I think I I kind of think this whole Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey uh, signing could probably be specifically to send Stephanie to the top. Like yeah. this might be a self promotion thing where it's like I brought in Ronda Rousey oh, and there's, like Ronda Rousey might be like a gun for hire for Stephanie. Yeah, someone someone asked. Um, Dave Meltzer on Twitter, they said, who, who do you think is the future of WWE? And he says, Stephanie McMahon. And they're like, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> so, but, I mean, that's kind of, that's yeah. kind of true. And, but you know, um, just other like little quick things I've, uh, I've heard about. Um, it seems like Triple H has taken over uh creative for 205 live. Uh, I, I heard that Triple H is, is going to assume a great, a much greater role in the company because um, Vince McMahon start is going to start being really into the, um, XFL. the XFL, so so people are kind of saying God bless the XFL. But I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that are. Quick. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm but, not going to go ahead and sit there and say God bless the XFL if it's just as bad a year later. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. I think they were saying that in terms of like get Vince McMahon out of the seat and get Triple H in for it. I don't like Triple H. I mean, if if he's wholly in charge of NXT, he's done a great job. But I, I don't think like. Like people see booking and then they're so quick to be pissed off at Vince for being out of touch. I'm not one of those guys. I, I'm not like, I don't feel like every single thing that you disagree with is Vince McMahon's fault because he's seventy something years old. You know what I mean? I think there are just a plethora of bad ideas, and he has some bad ideas to pick from. You know, I mean, you have a whole team of writers that sit right. down and see this, and they see what's marketable. And like, you can't say like, okay, Roman Reigns have gotten like an unseen, un- unheard of push, and you know, us thirty. 30 year olds are like sitting there pissed off at it but like you see you know you see how many kids do you see with John Cena merch oh no matter tons. how many times when we were at the rumble everywhere they they everywhere. know they know how to market like they, they they know what they're doing so I think like, that I'm just happy that we're finally getting to the point with you know those guys when their pushes where it's like yeah they'll push them but just enough to put over somebody else yeah well, I just think that the, there's superstars right now where you can push them. They can be marketable. They can sell just as much amount of merchandise and be a big, huge icon in the ring, and still suit everybody and deserve it for the. You know, Roman Reigns is a lot better now in the ring. He wrestles he matches now where you're like, okay, these are really good match. Like if I see him on the card, I'm not like Ugh, like how I used to be, and that's just because he's had adequate time and adequate time in the ring to improve on himself. Same thing with John Cena. John Cena up until the U.S. Open Challenge era, I hated John Cena. Now I love John Cena. John Cena, if I see John Cena put on a match against Shinsuke Nakamura, that's a 
that's a match I'm ready to watch. Him and Elias Sampson, I well, can't wait for that match. As far as John Cena as well, when you bring up the uh, United States Open Challenge, it's that's exactly around the same time where he started showing off, hey, I can do other moves except these five. Yeah, and that's a big thing. And, 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 and Roman Reigns the same way. Roman, Roman Reigns got Reigns the same five moves. Roman Reigns just started to do that. That's yeah. what, he's coming around on that, on that uh, with me where it's like, okay, I do see you're a safe worker. I do see that, you know, you... I like to say, you know, Roman sucks because how else do you go ahead and voice hey, your opinion? I, I still, I, but at the same thing, it's like I can notice, obviously, that he doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As like, a live, I still chant John Cena sucks because it's fun. You yeah, know but I mean? like, and, I, and I'm is. never going to want Roman Reigns because I'm gonna, always going to have these, you know, encyclopedia of other people that I want to, you yeah. know, win as well. But at the same time, it's it's not like... Roman, you're you're a terrible, you know, wrestler. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who? But it used to be like that, though. Like it, I dude, used to feel that way. It definitely used to because I used to watch this Royal Rumble podcast, which you guys can watch on right. uh, SoundCloud or Google Play or iTunes. It might even be. A, is there a video? No, there's not a video of that no. one. That was right before we started going to yeah. video. I mean, you you watch that. That's uh, that was like leaving that, a funeral for that's us. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough one. Dude. You want to talk about being pissed off? You know what I mean. I've never booed the Rock anytime anywhere. Are you talking about Roman Reigns with um him and the Undertaker? That wasn't so much. That that was more like like I I felt Roman Reigns did an okay job wrestling like a guy that's like geriatric. But like you you and now that, that one hurt me because I was like look I knew it, it, I knew it, when the Undertaker was walking to the ring that night I'm like this shouldn't happen. He was limping before the match. I know that's bad. Stuff, hey, he's not in any condition to do it. Don't tarnish the legacy. Yeah. Come on, man. Doesn't need two losses. Yeah, but uh, really? to, to avoid going into uh, previous conversations and everything, um, it, it's it's been a pretty solid week. We got we got two pay per views to look forward to, as well as the cruiserweight tournament. I mean, a lot of, a lot of pretty big things happen in wrestling. Not so much of exciting this week, but we're kind of like you know stepping up into the thing. We'll have to, uh, we just got out of a big uh, multi-brand pay-per-view as yeah, well. So, so they're so, just warming up into everything else. I feel like point. they're doing a, both brands are doing a pretty good job of getting us excited. So as always guys, you can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, as well as Google Play Music. We're on Twitter and Facebook at the TOP cast. And uh you want to say anything? That's everything, That's man. That's pretty much it. So with that being said guys, this totally over podcast is totally over. Take care guys.